Yes, welcome into a Wednesday edition of the program, Power Talk of Muncie, the new WMUN. Glad you're with us in the program today. We're pretty loaded from a guest standpoint as Mick Tindrell, voice of the Cardinals, will join us coming at, uh, up at 445. It's a little bit of a quieter week uh, around Ball State sports due to both Ball State men's and women's basketball, a little hiatus before the weekend, and uh, then into the stretch run of the Mid-American Conference schedule. So we'll talk uh, a little bit with the voice of the Cardinals coming up here in a little bit less than 45 minutes from now. And Rich Maloney, Ball State baseball coach, will join us as we talk another baseball season. And uh, Ball State, I think it was yesterday, uh, was voted as the uh, second place team uh, in the coaches poll uh, for the preseason for Mid-American Conference Baseball. It's Kent State just slightly above them, but uh, obviously coming off a Mid-American Conference title and an appearance in the NCAA tournament last year. Uh, there's a lot of high hopes for this baseball team coming up. Uh, Ball State opens up their season in South Carolina, Charleston, South Carolina to be exact, coming up this Friday. Their first Matchup at the first Merchants Ballpark Complex is uh, March the 8th, which is a Friday. That is when Mid-American Conference play begins with a three-game set against Eastern Michigan. It's wild to think that we're there. Softball has already started playing matchups as well, uh, but baseball going to get uh, kicked off. Or I guess first pitch, it's not a kickoff in baseball, but that begins this coming Friday. So a couple of things going on. Um, the matchups for the Pacers are winding down before the All-Star break. Again, we talked about this really important stretch for Indiana tonight. Uh, they have a matchup against the Toronto Raptors, and then uh, that is their final game. Uh, until uh, they play next Thursday against the Detroit Pistons at Gamebridge Fieldhouse. So final game tonight, uh, Indiana and uh, Toronto, and the Pacers could be six games above 500. They had a tough loss against Charlotte a couple of nights ago. Uh, but overall, I think you'd see this as a total win. Uh, for the Indiana Pacers and where they're at. Uh, right now, they're sixth in the Eastern Conference. So, you know, when we get to next week and we get to the point of, um, you know, after the All-Star break, it really will be a lot of hyper-focus on where the Eastern Conference standings well, stand um, because you want to be in that top five to six because then you avoid the play in tournament scenario uh, if you're not seven, eight, nine, or ten. And again, uh, they have some separation between themselves and the nine and ten spot, but seven and eight isn't out of the question at this point. So um, there needs to be that separation point. Uh, where Indiana kind of puts themselves in the position uh, to be one of the top five seeds or six seeds in the Eastern Conference. That'd be advantageous. You certainly want the top four because it gives you home court advantage. Uh, but we're going to be talking more and more about that as we head through the later part of February and through March. And the NBA playoffs will begin uh, in the later part of April. So we're not that far away from those scenarios as well as this show is going to take a massive transition over to football talk for the most part. So, 765-287-1340 at Mark WMUN on Twitter. So, we're very Ball State heavy today. And I tell you, folks, sometimes there are absolute random thoughts that come to my head. 
You might be shocked by that if you listen to this program on any regular basis. You know, we around this time in February and March, and uh, we're going to have a lot of results-oriented shows to discuss with basketball uh, from the collegiate perspective and, of course, the professional uh, side of things as well. We'll be talking a lot about those things. So there's plenty to talk about. High school uh, basketball will be hitting uh, sectional action and, and a lot more. Uh, so busy times coming in the later part of February and March, we'll even talk some all-star game-related festivities a little bit later this week. But it hit me today because, you know, um, Ball State in the Mid-American Conference, how many times do we hear this a lot, and I've heard it a lot uh, this year? You know, hey, um, you know, the players that play, if they play well, they're going to move on to a different university. When they play well here, well, the transfer portal is always there. You know, you hear that a lot. That's not what I'm necessarily talking about. But um, the um, it also happens with coaching as well. So you hear this a lot, right? Uh, hey, you have a couple great years. Things go really well for a um, consistent coach-led program. You know, that coach ultimately becomes an option for higher-level schools. Okay, well, and this is the conversation that happens a lot, and I want to I want to talk about this a little bit today because I do think it's interesting because I have said this over the last couple of weeks as we've talked about you know situations where coaches get involved in some of the things that I hear from coaches when they deal with certain situations and those sorts of things. So you've got to think that there are many levels of, let's just take college basketball, for example. There's Division Three. there's the NAIA ranks, there's Division Two, and then it feels like Division One has a lot of different levels to it, right? There are D1 schools that are in conferences that would be in, I don't know, a third tier. They would probably all be looped into mid-major. And then there is the, the, the secondary level, which I would consider the Mid-American Conference to be on. I would consider the Missouri Valley Conference to be on. And then there's the Power 5 level. Now, in football, this is kind of all being worked out as, you know, the, the Power 5s are trying to um, create their own little brand, their own little situation, because... They see this, and they see Division One in general, and they say, hey, look at the Power Fives. Let's make our own division. That's a topic for a different day. But when we hear about these coaches and, you know, when you bring coaches in, I just look at Ball State, for example. You know, um, I know Brady Sally uh, was an assistant you know, elsewhere before he got this opportunity and certainly has run a fantastic program. Not even this year. People are starting to kind of notice what's going on with Ball State women's basketball, but this has been a mark of consistency for over a decade. You've got Michael Lewis, who was an assistant at many different stops. You know, I look at Donan Cruz, who had success at a different level and now comes to Ball State. You know, um, and there are many, many different examples. Rich Maloney, who we're going to have on today, um, had success here, then went to Michigan, came back here, and is having success again. You know, I think the mid-major route gets a very bad rap because, you know, and I understand that. Like, people want 
the, the situation with a mid-major program to be like a Power 5 program where you can bring in whoever you want. You can have the top-level coaching. You bring in top 50 recruits, and you do all these different things. But the fact of the matter is, if you look at the professional realm, it's almost exactly the same. Like, the Indiana Pacers have been in this situation for a while. Like, they aren't the Los Angeles Lakers. They aren't the Golden State Warriors. They aren't the Boston Celtics. And so the way they operate in free agency, the way they operate in trades, the way they draft, the way they do things is very different than those franchises. To those top franchises, draft picks mean absolutely nothing because every year they're going for it, right? And so the Pacers are the mid-market team. And that's why I say, you know, in in professional realm, it's kind of the same thing. You've got like tiers or these built out tiers. And, you know, the more I hear about the the like the Ball State mid-major conversation or th- this can go for any mid-major. I think Indiana State would fall into this. Evansville would fall into this. Um, IUPUI is it Indiana, Purdue, Fort Wayne now. Um, you know, I, I know IUPUI is different, you know, um, Butler used to be this way. They're not. They're in the Big East and and those sorts of things. But my point to bring this up is all of this, is that, you know, a Division I university on this level, you have really good coaches at at, at every level. And a lot, like, these coaches are are, are trying to prove, (laughs) obviously, to run a great program. And I I, I get the conversation of, hey, if they have success, well, there's opportunities elsewhere. Well, don't you want the programs to have success? I've had a couple of these conversations over the last couple of weeks, and I want to bring it to uh, this conversation here that every single one of these coaches has earned the opportunity to run a program on the mid-major level, uh, in the quote-unquote mid-major level. It's kind of amazing when you, you consider it and look at it from that lens rather than say, well, if they have success here, they're just going to you know keep jumping the steps. Well... There's almost a tier to it. You, you become an assistant for another program, then take a head coaching opportunity and, and climb up the ladder if you choose to do so. I mean, at the end of the day, you don't have to choose to do that. There's a lot of coaches that have been around for quite some time. And so I think we sometimes forget that part. I think fans naturally forget that part, that in order to be a coach – in the Mid-American Conference on the Bowl State level, you have to have had some success elsewhere. And you've had to have done it at a pretty darn high level. And so not just anybody gets these opportunities. These are really good coaches that have done it elsewhere and created it elsewhere. Everybody's got a different path, obviously. But, you know, we talk so much about the transfer portal and players and all those different things, and we don't give credit to the fact that – this is a real opportunity at the Ball State level. It really, really is. Now, we may put a spotlight on it because of seeing it on this level. I mean, you know, naturally, I think this market and others that have a, um, you know, a, a Mid-American Conference school or a Missouri Valley Conference school have a little bit more uh, focus on that. Like, you know, Ball State isn't being talked about nationally. They're only being talked about nationally when, you know, they have like a women's basketball program that's doing their thing. Last year when Ball State men's basketball beat Kent State in what was a big matchup in the MAC, 
we were talking about it regionally, little bit of Indianapolis, it got referenced. Again, it doesn't percolate nationally, so the mid-major conversation comes up maybe once or twice a year at the NCAA tournament, and if it just so happens that there's a team in one of these leagues in the mid-major that goes undefeated in college football and enters the conversation as a dark horse contender for a spot in the the, the college football playoff. Believe me, mid-majors will be talked about more when it gets to the college football playoff this upcoming year with you know 12 teams in the dance there will undoubtedly be one mid-major that's going to make some sort of move like a liberty like a Tulane, like a you know those types of schools that have been in some of these high profile bowls but from a regional standpoint we talk about it on a daily basis on this show with with Ball State and I always like to make sure we give some information on some different things that maybe fans may not understand or, or, or may not think about, like come from a different angle. And so, you know, today when I was preparing for having Rich Maloney on the show, which, by the way, what a program he's run. I mean, th- th- this has just been a, a mark of consistency, and there are very few programs that stack up to Ball State as far as draft picks in Major League Baseball like Ball State does. They are one of the best in the entire country in doing that here in Muncie, Indiana, at Ball State University. It, it really, really is something um, spectacular and you know the second stint here for for Rich Maloney after he did it a first time he's come back he's done it again and they're getting better and you could argue this that last year from a star quote-unquote star standpoint they didn't have as many headliners last year if they as they've had in previous years and yet they won the Mid-American Conference Championship with last year's team because of the balance that they have that they had and now they go into this year with high expectations it's amazing you know when we were in the middle of the year following this baseball team last year and ultimately where they ended up it, it, it truly was a massive progression from Mid-American Conference play all the way up to the top and so Um, You know, I think it's important to celebrate those coaching moments where you run a consistent program. And look, in the state of Indiana, Rich Maloney has run as good of a program as anybody else. Brady Sally with the women's basketball program, uh, the exact same thing. Ball State had Donan Cruz in his first year take this team to the final four in the NCAA tournament, the national championship round. Like, there are some really special things happening from coaches, and it's happening right here uh, with the Mid-American Conference team in in, in Muncie, Indiana. So I want to bring that up because it's been over the last month that there's been a lot of talk about, you know, coaches and players and all these different things. But the fact of the matter is um, this is a – this is a level that's earned for the coaches, earned for the players. I mean, it's kind of weird when you think about the tiers that really exist in Division One athletics, and then you look at um, the NAIA ranks and the Division Three ranks and the Division Two, and then you've got like three different tiers to Division One, and this is the one right, right a step away from Power Five. And every once in a while, and actually quite often, d- depending on the sport, you have one of these teams that's entering the conversation to be a part of the Power 5 deal. 
mean, Ball State Women's Basketball in the coaches poll in USA Today is polling in votes for an opportunity to be in the top 25. They're one of three mid-major schools that's doing that. A couple of them are ranked. Ball State's right on the doorstep. And had they beat Northern Illinois, I think possibly this week they might have been ranked there. I, I know that stuff to a coach in a program is great, but it's it, it, it doesn't matter in the results-oriented aspect of it all. But I want to bring it into proper perspective because sometimes we get out of whack with what is actual reality, right? This is actual reality and the things we're talking about. And, look, I, I understand that coaches have to navigate more than anything else because of the, the transfer portal and all these rules and um, everything along those lines and conference realignment and, and those sorts of things. But the fact of the matter is it's important to understand the basics at play. And that's where we're are, uh, where we are, where we are, where we are uh, with Ball State athletics in general. So, thanks to those of you joining us on Facebook Live. We're going to talk a lot of Ball State on the show today. Again, Mick Chedro, voice of the Cardinals, a little bit later on. Uh, he's going to uh, uh, stop by, and uh, we'll talk about the significance of the next seven games for Ball State men's basketball. And you know, we talk about it in a grouping, but at the end of the day, uh, Ball State men's basketball is focused on individual games at a time but you know you want to look at the group and say all right the opportunities here as we mentioned yesterday these are against teams that you know four of them have already beaten you the other three are, are teams you have already beaten as well so again um, there's, you know, playing a team a second time around, you may have some advantages in some of those and maybe some others where they're going to be a little bit tougher. Um, the good news is you've been in every single game except for the, uh, the, the beginning game against um, Kent State. Uh, that was a game that you lost by double figures. Every other game, you've been right there. And, and there's something to be said for that, and I do think that that, that matters. I really, really do. So the fact of the matter is, how do you close in the second half, fourth quarter? How do you put your players in, in, in the right position to, to, to just close those games? Because clearly, it comes down to the final five minutes, maybe the final ten minutes. And, you know, the word, the buzzword, consistency, has been thrown out a lot. How do you get, you know, how, how do you dial in the consistency? Is it a break that you have right here that might get you to that point? I, I, you know, who knows? And I think it's going to be very interesting down the stretch. For Ball State women's basketball, a little different. Trying to hold off teams um, that are gearing for that top spot. You see Toledo, Toledo again. So now that's the team that's right behind you. You're going to see Kent State as well, um, which I believe that's the matchup you have coming up Saturday. So a little bit of a different set of circumstances for women's basketball, who's at the top, and everybody's looking up at them. How do you hold off the teams that are coming for that spot right there? So um, th this is going to be an interesting three weeks tell you that much very interesting three weeks as we head into the month of march very 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 soon so uh when we come back fired up to have uh, ball state men's uh or ball state baseball coach i'm so used to talking men's basketball uh ball state baseball coach rich maloney always enjoy our conversations with coach he's with us after this on the power talk amongst the new wmun
As always, presented by Walls Furniture and Mattress, Nebo Road and Monsi online at wallsfurniture.com. 90% of what's on the showroom floor in stock for you, 48 hours or less. That's the Walls Furniture and Mattress difference on Nebo Road and Monsi and online at wallsfurniture.com. As we embark on our Ball State Coaches Corner of the Week, it's brought to you by the 1925 Pump House at the Courtyard, and we are always glad to be joined by the head baseball coach at Ball State University, it is Rich Maloney with us. Coach, I just mentioned you a moment ago. It's like we just talked about uh, you entering the NCAA tournament, Mid-American Conference Championship, and here we go again in February. To those that might think it's not baseball weather, well, Charleston, South Carolina looks like it's going to be pretty nice for you guys on Friday. Yeah, the guys are elated. I mean, we're excited to uh, strap it on and go uh, play some baseball and compete against somebody else. So we've been really fortunate, Mark, just uh, since we had the start of the 20-hour week that the NCAA allows us at the end of January. We've been outside all but two two days, but that's never happened. So... uh, we're in full go right now, and uh, we're looking forward to competing. I was just about to mention the weather and how it aids you. You know, the difference of what you can do indoors and outdoors, I would imagine it makes a significant difference, Coach. Oh, no doubt about it. That's why I say normally most seasons we've been able, since we've had turf since about, I'm guessing, around 2015, we've been able to get out maybe two or three days. But this time, we literally have been out for a couple of weeks now uh, without being inside much. So um, I think that's a great thing for our guys seeing balls off the bat, pitchers getting to pitch on the mound, guys getting ground balls in space. Uh, you know, should help us as far as our progression goes. But we've got a very uh, foreboding schedule, so we're going to have to play really well to, uh, you know, continue our success. Coach, I would only be doing my job if I asked you this question that you've probably already gotten many times and you'll probably get it a lot uh, throughout the season. How much do you talk about last year? And how much with some of the returning players you have and that experience of being in those championship modes, all that stuff, how much do you balance referencing that in the right way to help this year or or, or not at all, Coach? No, I appreciate you asking the question. But truthfully, in our program, it's always about been about winning championships. So it's always been about winning. We talk a lot about winning. We talk about a lot about, we call it in practice, I'll yell out man versus man. So the pitcher versus the hitter, we call it man versus man. And uh, that's the beauty of the game, that isolation, that one moment, even though it's a team sport, when you're in the box or you're pitching on the mound, it's you versus that other guy. And um, But we talk about winning. Uh, we talk about it literally nearly every day. So these guys have been ingrained in that from one team to the next that's represented Ball State uh, for all these years that I've had the privilege of being here. So um, it's just how, how we're wired. Now, with that being said, winning's hard. Yeah, Winning's hard. Everybody's gunning to win, and, and then once you start winning, uh, you know, we've had a long run of some success. You know, everybody guns for us. And um, so we always get the best of what anybody else has. For example, we're playing uh, Michigan State this weekend in the game four, and they have slotted their number two pitcher from last year against us. So um, 
you know, that's what you get when you have a, a, a program that's had some consistency in it. So um, the challenge is there. Um, you know, two years ago we won the regular season title, and then last year, fortunately, winning the tournament t- title. Um, we've only had in our program history a handful of guys who've won three rings while they were at Ball State. And these guys got a high call, the ones who have won two now, that they have an opportunity to do something that's really special. Um, so, hey, it's out there. It is what it is. Uh, I'd rather be on the winning side than the losing side. Yep. So, truth of matter, truth of matter is, hey, we got an opportunity. We're going to go after it, and uh, you know, hey, see where, see where, see where we land. The voice you hear, the head coach of Ball State Baseball. It is Rich Maloney with us on the Power Talk of Muncie, the new WMUN. Our conversation brought to you by the 1925 Pump House at the Courtyard. Ball State opens their season down in Charleston, South Carolina on Friday through Sunday. Four matchups between four very different teams. We'll talk about that in a moment, Coach. But where is the most continuity from this team from an experience standpoint from last year to this year on the field? Yeah, in the the lineup, we have uh, Hunter Dobbins back at catcher. He won Defensive Player of the Year, and his uh, two years ago as a freshman, he had an outstanding year hitting. Last year, he struggled a little bit, but still hit nine home runs. He had a great fall, so we expect big things from Hunter. We got uh, Decker Scheffler won the Mid American Conference batting title. He's in right field. We got Blake Beavis, who hit 11 home runs last year as a freshman. He's back. Uh, we got a guy, Dylan Grego, who was behind our shortstop uh, last year, Adam Tellier, and uh, Dylan's a heck of a player. So we expect big things from Dylan, uh, even though people don't know about him. And then Michael Hawquist was the MVP of the North Woods League. He had 22 home runs in um, at a D2 school in Minnesota Crookston, and then he went and hit 15 with a wood bat in the North Woods League, was the MVP. Um, so he's a solid player, which will help us. Um, you can never replace Ryan Peltier's great numbers and the great player he was, but Michael certainly has a resume of his own. And then you got uh, Nick Gregory, our leadoff hitter from last year, back in center. Um, so really, we got a strong nucleus. I think the lineup has a chance to be one of our better lineups that we've had with a lot of power. Um, so I'm excited about that. On the mound, we've got uh, Jacob Hartlett back. Um, and he's been really in his first two years had seen kind of limited action, but he's a true talent. And we're excited to have him. We got a few transfers that are going to help us Merritt Beaker, Nate Blaine, Lucas Letzinger. Um, and then we got some freshmen that we're really high on uh, as well. Um, so we got, a, we got a strong nucleus of guys back that we're excited about. And we'll see how they compete in the games this weekend and the next weekend and before Mac play. And then, uh, you know, we'll try to figure out how to put it all together as a group. But I like the way the guys have meshed with uh, 20 new players, which is the most we've had in a long time. Um, keeping the culture the way that it has been um, is so important to success. So um, these guys meshed well. So I expect them to have a good season. I really do. Coach, um, in your experience with different teams that you've had in, in non-conference playing very, very early on, what what comes quicker? Um, consistency on the mound or the, the offense in the lineup? Or does it depend on, on, on the group that, like, you know, I talk to, to coaches about basketball and football, and one side of the football may come a little easier early on. Is there, is, is there that case in baseball at all as you look at the beginning of the season here? 
It's funny that you say that because uh, normally the pitchers are ahead of the hitters. Um, normally. Um, and we haven't, we really haven't hit that great in the last, I don't know, three or I'd have to check, but probably three or four, you know, early season go at it before the mid American conference. We haven't hit as well as the teams that we've had because they ended up being really good hitting teams, but they didn't get out of the shoot very fast. Now, maybe, maybe with us being outdoors as much as we've been, maybe that'll help us. I'm not sure, but I really like the team offensively. Now, a guy I didn't mention that we have to mention is Logan Schulfer. Logan Schulfer pitched 44 innings last year. He's throwing 94 to 96 miles an hour right now with nice breaking stuff. So he he could emerge and be a, a real uh, you know a real plus for us. And that's what it's going to take for this team to go like last year's team. We're going to have to have a couple guys emerge, and we've been fortunate enough to have that most years. Um, but a couple guys are going to have to their development needs to take another step. And if they do, then all bets off because we got a good team. It's Rich Maloney, Ball State baseball coach, with us on the Power Talk of Muncie, the new WMUN conversation brought to you by the 1925 Pubhouse at the Courtyard. So, Coach, um, early on, um, a, a lot of matchups with a lot of different teams from different conferences, different uh, levels of Division One, and those sorts of things. But obviously, when you get into Mid-American Conference play, it's a lot of series. So your first one will be against Eastern Michigan uh, March the 8th through the 10th. You're facing the same team um, in three straight matchups compared to when you're in non-conference play you see one team here one team here and in an example the Charleston South Carolina matchup in the Swig and Swine College Classic you see Lehigh or Iowa Merrimack and Michigan State um, in three days you know four very different teams does how does this age you when you're going to see a team you know in three straight games compared to seeing four different teams one game at a time how do you balance those two yeah, it's a, it's a great question. It's kind of like a wild card because you really don't know, and especially the first weekend of the season. So we don't know much about Lehigh, but, you know, most teams, if you're reasonably successful, and they were right around 500 last year, usually have a really good starter. So we're facing them in game one, so I imagine that they'll have a really good pitcher going. Uh, game two, when we play Iowa, they're the number 16th team in the country, and they've got for their pitching staffs being raved about by D1 Baseball. So we're going to face a guy who's going to go in the first couple rounds in the draft. Uh, and that'll be a tremendous challenge for us. Uh, the game three Merrimack, I really don't know too much about them. Um, but again, um, that's the wild card when you're playing kind of a tournament. And then Michigan State, uh, Michigan State last year won 33 games. And their head coach was my assistant at Michigan, uh, Jake Boss. Uh, so he'll definitely have them ready. Like I say, he has that marked on his uh uh, calendar to, to try to beat Ball State, but I got to tell you, we do too. So <laughs> yeah, that'll be fun. fun. That's the that's the fun thing. And then the next week we go to Coastal Carolina, and their their program is elite. I mean, they have a national championship under them. They have one of the greatest coaches in the game, Gary Gilmore, a dear friend of mine. He's retiring this year, though. So every game for them this season with Gary retiring is going to be huge because he's done so much for their program. And then we got Illinois and Cincinnati. And uh, so that'll be a real tough challenge for us. And then the weekend after that, we got Jacksonville has one of the top pitchers in the whole country. Uh, we played them in a three-game set. Uh, so, you know, the early season schedule is a bit of a challenge without question. But it'll kind of give us a barometer of where we're at, what we need to do to get better, to compete in our league. 
It is uh, Rich Maloney, Ball State baseball coach, with us on the power right here. So the teams that, um, and I imagine most of the teams that you're facing very similar, um, you're trying to learn about yourselves while also being able to game plan for the opponents. So do you uh, deal with the non-conference schedule in the early moments, more so looking at yourselves internally than you do the rest of the season, or does it follow throughout start to finish of this long, long season <laughs> before you get in the Mid-American Conference play coach? Do do you take each challenge very similarly to the next? Yeah, we do. And it's funny that you say that. Like for me, I've always been in, in teaching our kids and in our program, it's really more about ourselves, how we conduct ourselves, how we play our game, than it is about the other team. Uh, because that we can't control the other team, you know, talent they have, whatever they have going. But here's what we can control. We can be a solid defensive team. We can make sure we we throw to the right bases. We make the routine play routinely. You know, and then if you get a timely hit and you're throwing strikes and you play good defense and you most of the time you'll have a chance to win the game, doesn't matter who you play. And so that's how we've raised our team and that's how we continue to do it. So in these games, yeah, on paper there's gonna be some really tough challenges. I try to keep us focused on what we're doing well or maybe what we're not doing well and to get better at. And I think when we do those things that's you know, that's been one of our recipes to success is limiting the freebies we give to the other opponent and hopefully gaining a few from them and staying close against the teams that are supposed to be better than us, which we don't like to take a back seat to any of them. But um on paper because some of them are power five conferences, you know, they're, they're supposed to, you know, supposedly beat you. Well, we don't take that mindset into any game we play. It's Rich Maloney, Ball State Baseball coach with us. The season starts for Ball State Baseball in 2024 on Friday. Lehigh, their first matchup in the Swiggin' Swine College Classic held at uh, Charleston, South Carolina Shipyard Park. Ball State will face four different teams over a three-day span. Coach, I look forward to more of these conversations on the regular. Best of luck this weekend, and uh, we will catch up with you very soon, Coach. Mark, thanks for having me, and go Cardinals. That's a Rich Maloney, Ball State baseball coach with us. Brought to you by the 1925 Pump House of the Courtyard. Something for everyone. A six-time medalist in Muncie's quest for the best. Check him out for lunch and dinner or for the big game. They've got something for everyone in downtown Muncie. 1925 Pump House of the Courtyard in downtown Muncie. We're back with you next. by State Farm Agent Jason May. Make sure you get all the discounts you deserve by calling Jason at 747-7100 today. Glad you're with us on the show. Uh, quick segment because Mick Tidrell, voice of the Cardinals, will join us. Always enjoyed our conversations with Rich Maloney, Bull State baseball coach, because, uh, yeah, I mean, there is never a time that Bull State baseball has a light non-conference schedule because – Lots of these teams in the northern part of the United States, they're all going down south to play uh, their early matchups. And, I mean, you look at Iowa, Cincinnati, Illinois. You mentioned Coastal Carolina, who's been a national champion, as Coach said. Jacksonville, he says, has one of the best pitchers in the country. And uh, you've got Michigan State. Uh, it's, it's all over the place uh, for Ball State baseball. And so some good matchups and you know what playing great competition is going to show you a lot about your own team even 
if the results may not be exactly what you want. But he said Ball State takes a backseat to nobody. And by the way, over the last couple of years, Ball State has made some really big moments in non-conference play and beating ranked teams, beating top uh, caliber national ranked teams. So, all right, when we come back, we'll close up the show. Mick Tindrell, voice of the Cardinals. He's with us right after this. Yep, final segment of a Wednesday show power talk of Muncie, the new WMUN, is always brought to you by Sheriff Gosselin Roofing. Your roof is there to protect your family. Make sure you're doing all you can to protect them. Sheriff Gosselin Roofing has been helping families for generations. Remember to call Pete Dahlia or look them up at worryfreeroof.com. As we welcome in the voice of the Cardinals, Mick Tintro, who is with us. Look, it's a, it's a little quieter this week, is it not, in the middle of the week? It's going to ramp up this weekend, but uh, as both women's basketball and men's basketball have a little bit of a hiatus here, Mick, how are you? Yeah, Mark, I'm good. I appreciate you having me on as always. And it is kind of weird to have uh, not a not a game on a Tuesday or Wednesday. Like, what's going on here? Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's uh, it's been good, and I think the the break is needed for just a quick reset, you know, and to feel uh, good going in the last stretch of the season. So, yeah, it's a it's a good it's a good break in the middle of February, which is really really odd that you had to, the Max Sunbelt Challenge kind of planted in the in the middle of conference season, but I think it all worked out for everybody to to get a little bit of a different challenge, I guess you could say, at this point in the season. Well, and, and obviously women's basketball, men's basketball in two very different situations, and so um, let's talk about it for men's basketball, and I, you can't affect the timing of when these things come. It's just kind of based on the way things happen in your schedule, but um, when we talk about the timing of this break, does it come at a, at a pretty decent time for the men's basketball program? Yeah, I guess you could, I think you could make that case because of how uh, how tough it had been for a little bit on the on the schedule. You look at since Christmas break, since the new year rolled around, there really hasn't been any time for the team and the players to to reset and just settle for a second. You know, because you've got just the the craziness of the schedule, the season, and you come back from break and boom, it, it it's all right in front of you. And just with the way that the schedule breaks, with home games and road games. It comes at a good time just from a scheduling standpoint to give the players a chance to reset a little bit. So, yeah, I think it does. And, and, of course, the last couple of games have been tough. So, from that angle, it it helps. But, yeah, I, I think it comes at a, at a needed time. How about the women's basketball side? Comes at a good time? Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, you, you have the, the emotional – loss of the NIU game because of where the team was at and the national attention it got and then it jumps back and they they played angry man Mark they played they played yeah. angry against James Madison and it showed in, in the best way possible and it was a great way to rebound and beat a, a really high quality quad two team in James Madison on, on national TV so yeah it comes at a good time because you get that you get that rest you get that break after a, a crazy stretch as well so it definitely doesn't hurt to have this this mini mini buy if you will at this point in the season uh, Mick Tedrow voice of the Cardinals with us um, okay on the men's basketball side and you know head coach Michael Lewis has talked about this from really start to finish about the consistency of this team you see 
you know, really good moments, and then you see moments where it's like, did we take a, a, a step back in things that we may have fixed? In your eyes of watching this team as much as you have and covering this team as much as you have, where do they fine-tune the consistency, especially in these final seven games that are oh so pivotal? Yeah, the, the consistency is going to come from having a rotation that can be relied upon at all times, right? And I think that that's a pretty simple statement. But at the end of the day, like, you've got you've got guys like Trent Middleton that are now really coming into their own marks. The last six games averaging 11 points per game and 10 or more points in, in five of those six. So you're finding consistent pieces like Trent. And what's what's somebody else going to do too? I think it's just finding the the pieces that all fit in a consistent way, and I think it's very very evident, Mark, that this team is talented. It's very very yes. evident that they have players that are they're that are at the right place. It's just all about finishing the games, and the coaches know it, the players know it, and you look at when maybe one guy has an off night who's going to be somebody to fill in and that's I think that's one area that you have to have looking forward and, and to have that consistent piece the last a little bit of the season is where where's that going to come from you get an off night from somebody who's the player that's going to go get those points and go get those minutes and uh, take control of the game um, you know, uh, w- one more question on, on on that, and I think it goes to kind of your point, and, and that is there's only been one game that you have lost by double figures in Mid-American Conference play, and that was game number one on the road against Kent yeah. State. Every other game has been, I believe, under seven points, if I, or maybe under nine points, excuse me. So we're not even talking about like a 10-point loss no. here, 15-point loss here, and um, maybe you don't have to spin it. That would be my word, but th- do you use that as saying – look I mean it's right there that there really it is about closing it's about the final 10 minutes it's not necessarily just about the last two or three minutes to close out it's it's maybe about the five to ten minutes at the end of games huh yeah I think that that's a fair statement and you're right that the games have been so close they've been entertaining they've been in every game there hasn't been one where you've just you know you haven't been in and I think that shows that it goes back to the the previous part of the conversation, Mark, of the talents here. Like you're you're playing up to par with Akron, Toledo, all these teams. You had Ohio on the ropes until overtime when you came back down 13-0 in the game. So you have you have the guys to do it. It is just about making sure you can close games out, and I think that comes with game experience too. This is one of the youngest teams in the country. And especially in the conference, and when you have that, you're going to take your you're going to take your hits. And I think they're learning to go through this. And I think the the best thing about every aspect of it, Mark, is from top to bottom, there's accountability. There's a level of responsibility from these guys that hey, we we understand what's going on. <laughs> we understand what's going on, and we want to be better, and we're going to hold ourselves accountable to it. And I think Coach Lewis has done a good job of, you know, relaying that to the team. Like, hey, I'm taking accountability because i got to coach better. Um, to close these games out, we got to play better as a team. So it's top to bottom accountability. And those things are going to start to come together. It's just how, when, and all that kind of stuff. Final one for you, Mick. Switching on over to the women's basketball side of things. They're at the top of the Mid-American Conference. The biggest challenge for them here in these final two and a half, three weeks to hold on to that top spot is what? I mean, everybody points to the Toledo game, right, on the road. <laughs> Naturally, that is 
uh, the, the biggest test in terms of a, an opponent that's on the schedule and in terms of who's right there that's a really good team. Uh, so I think naturally it's, it's to say that, but also I think you just have to be mindful of staying the course. Right, you get late in the season. You've you've put up a really good campaign so far, but the job's not finished. And this team is far from complacent, and we we've seen that after they came back after the NIU loss, beat James Madison. We know this team is is not complacent. So, from a, a competitive standpoint, and from a schedule standpoint, it's definitely Toledo, just from a where they're at in the standings, but you can't sleep on teams like Kent State that they still got to go play, right? Like you've got – do they play Kent State again? I'm trying to think. Um, Jumped in the schedule. Um, either way, that Toledo game is, is the is the one that I would say to answer your question there. It's Mick Tidrell, voice of the Cardinals with us as Ball State men's and women's basketball both off uh, in the middle of the week this week, but they're both back in action uh, this coming Saturday. Mick, as always, we appreciate the time, and we look forward to talking to you next week. Thanks as always. Thank you, Mark. And the women's team does play Kent State, second to last game of the season. There you go. We we have to keep your eyes out for that one too. Kent State, Toledo, tough places to play. But appreciate you as always, Mark. Have a great week. Awesome. Thanks, Mick. That's uh, Mick Tidrell, voice of the Cardinals, as always. Phenomenal, uh, breaking everything down. So uh, we got a lot to talk about coming up tomorrow, a little bit of uh, All-Star Weekend stuff. Uh, a little bit of uh, previewing what's coming over the weekend and a heck of a lot more with high school basketball as well. So a big thanks to Rich Maloney, Ball State baseball coach, and Mick Tidrell, voice of the Cardinals with us today. We're back with you tomorrow. Same time, same place, 4 o'clock, here on the Talk of, the, uh, of Muncie, WMUN.